0: Hi, I'm Jennifer and I'm Matt. This podcast is your regular dose of uplifting, inspiring and motivating life-changing tips and success strategies to help you create the wealth, health, lifestyle, passion and prosperity for your own life that you want to create. Welcome to The Prosperity Project. Welcome to episode 58 of the podcast. We've titled this one, How to Become a Money Magnet, that's right. This is going to be all our juiciest strategies to attract those dollar bills, pounds. Pounds are in the right UK. Well, the problem is
1: that pounds, like the notes, they don't attract to magnets mm. and coins don't attract to magnets. Yep. So what are you what are you doing here?
0: Well, we're going to actually learn how to uplevel our financial abundance in this sense. Okay, episode. I like the sound of that. So uh, you might have already guessed that I've made it quite a funny title for a reason. And we're not always money magnets in life. So you can probably guess what I mean by this. Are you somebody who is attracting money into your life, or are you actively? repelling it yep i do actually believe you can do both things you can do both things at different times in your life but i do actually believe it's an act of choice to figure out which one you want to be and you might even be doing it without realizing repelling and attracting it
1: well i think that what happens is if you're sitting there saying i never have enough money then you are probably repelling it and it's I, i don't know maybe it's not just about Stopping things coming in, but also just things going away from you more readily. So it's, yeah, you're just kind of limiting your money situation. And I think that a lot of us at various points in our lives, if not now, then at some point, would have thought to ourselves, there's not enough money. I don't have enough. You know, there's all so these many bills mindsets. keep coming in.
0: Yeah, I and mean, we'll cover that. But in both cases, attracting or repelling money, it takes financial motivation so what are your motives behind your money and also education so even with education you can be doing both things because really education and strategies are just about how you handle your money and what we're going to touch upon in this episode in particular is how are your habits how are the ways that you handle your money really telling the world the universe either to give you more of it or actually to take more of it away from you. So we're going to talk about a bit about our journeys. So I'm going to kick off with some of my mindset growing up around money. And you might have heard this before in the podcast, but you know, I came from South Side of Glasgow, which is kind of a, a middle-class part of Glasgow. Um, went to decent school, went to probably one of the top public schools in Scotland at the time. Did all my exams, I went on to Glasgow University. And money for me growing up, I don't believe money was in overflow, but what I do know was my mum and dad were very cash-orientated, as in I don't recall them talking about credit cards. There was never any arguments about credit cards or debt. I, You know, we had a mortgage, obviously. My dad always bought cars out with cash. So every, t- every interaction with money, when I got pocket money, it was quite rare, actually. It would tend to be that we would just get what we need. However, I do remember... <laughs> I wanted a cabbage patch doll <laughs> this is me this sure showing age. Age. actually no ca-
1: cabbage patch dolls are back I think you can are buy they? them are they again
0: cool yes. so when I was little cabbage patch dolls were all the rage listen if you've got to google what a cabbage patch doll is then you probably shouldn't be listening to this podcast but anyway um, I wanted one and me and my sister there's two of us in our family we got a version of it but it wasn't the proper version was it the market version What I'm trying to get this vibe over right I adore my parents for how what they instilled in me cash only not on credit cards but everything was always you'd ask for the thing and you would get a version that seemed okay that's that's near enough that's you know like, it wasn't like pound puppies do you remember pound puppies did your sister this? have one it wouldn't be pound puppies it would be like
1: pound p- puppies <laughs>
0: <laughs> it would be like it said there wasn't Poundlands in those days you get what I mean listeners yes it's a market version so it was it was never the brand it was a good knockoff but not like a dodgy knockoff just like you know the an Aldi version of the thing which we love Aldi here on this channel as well um but yeah, I'm, and I'm really thankful because what happened was going to university, I took out one student loan, but I paid it all, all back in full. Um, I didn't take out any credit cards and strings. I think I was in my late 20s before I had a credit card, but I always just lived within cash. And so for me, the topic of money, I was aware that people earn money, but I was very much st- stuck in this. You go to university, you get a job, you work in your job for 40 years, and then you retire right this is just what people do I think I really the mindset is more I didn't think I would ever be mega rich I just thought I'd be comfortable you know what I mean like money was very focused on it comes in once a month and let me really stress that money arrives once a month based completely upon the hours that I put in so Matt I'd love you to touch upon what were your mindsets growing up because these are probably more common than we realize
1: so my mindset coming from a background of benefits and council houses yep. meant that money definitely was something that was a challenge. So I was aware of what we couldn't and couldn't afford. Um, I was conscious of like my trainers m- not being the same brand as some you other people in before. school yeah, yeah. Um, and not being able to buy the like, the trendiest clothes. Although, like, clothes stores back then, I don't think we had the same kind of we range. We had Tammy
0: Girl back then, for me, that was... <laughs> I think
1: there was a local place down at the nearest High Street where we got right, most of our right. clothes. Um, but, ultimately, yeah... Christmas was our kind of big treat time. Mm, mm. Um, Beyond that, we never really had pocket money or bits and pieces um, turning up, especially when I was probably under the age of about 13. Mm. Um, And therefore, my kind of view on money was that it's quite exciting to have some
0: right right because it was it was i suppose like your mum and dad they would never have seen you lot go without right like every christmas if you wrote down something they would pretty much absolutely Cr- get it Chris- christmas we were treated
1: very well i think yeah. actually that happens quite a lot either christmas mm. or birthdays from people that maybe have a bit less money they seem to make a bit more effort around Christmas and birthdays mm. because it almost needs to be that special time when you're you're proving that you can do things but ultimately because if I never really had money if I stumbled across a 50p in the street yeah that was a massive high. So I'd never go to the shop and buy some sweets a Mars oh, bar yeah. or a lolly or something like yeah. that um and so we rarely had money to go to the shops um we had like i remember the main time when we had sweets and treats and stuff was Mm. around christmas when we had the quality street yeah
0: yeah the quality street (laughs) so
1: because of that then having money the ability to buy things the ability to have things was it triggered a really emotional high Mm,
0: mm. and that
1: meant that ultimately my habit of trying to chase emotional highs came from being able to buy things Mm. whether it's with my money or credit card money kind of didn't make a difference and because of coming from a background where money knowledge and money um i guess experience yep. was fairly limited having um my parents buy things and then maybe get things out of like the Littlewoods catalog or an equivalent of that yep. where you pay money each week towards something so buying stuff and not having the money up front again was something that didn't feel odd or Mm. strange now obviously my parents i think they live much more within their own means and therefore they didn't rack up thousands and thousands and thousands thankfully instead they would i'm assuming buy whatever was necessary for whatever they needed and never go over a certain amount of outgoings so they could balance the books um but for me because of i didn't really understand that then my habits have just been really really poor always Chasing that high of oh look I've got money to spend whether it's mine or not and it's exciting to be able to get things because previously way back when I couldn't get things I was the person without things so my relationship with money is very poor um, was
0: was yep (laughs) and
1: therefore also I suppose my mindset about what you did so I suppose this is the interesting thing so where your upbringing can often shape what you think of. Your relationship with money and your future and stuff like that although I came from a benefits background Mm. I saw myself going educating and working I didn't really see university as a step because I didn't know anyone that went to university and therefore I didn't see that as part of the education process I saw that as something that maybe posh boys did so for me it was you go to school you do stuff and then you get a job and you just work So I had that instilled in my head that work was something you did. But I also didn't really see any kind of end game to it. So I guess by default, you end up with the I retire at 65 or whatever it happens to be. And that's it. You go, you work, you live a life. Um, And I certainly wouldn't have had pictures of Porsches and Mm. massive houses in my head. Um, It would have been just probably a fairly simple working class kind of view of you go out you do the work you come home you can eat and everything else maybe you can have a few nice things and that's it yeah so Uh, yeah it's quite interesting how a different background still ends up with the same story of working until you retire
0: absolutely it's a common one and what what I want to emphasize before we go any further is if you're listening it doesn't matter whatever income you're on I believe you can fundamentally change the results with money that you have. I believe you can either attract more of it or keep repelling more and more. So it's not about how much you earn. I'm not saying you've got to earn 200K or 300. All these same principles we're going to describe will work with 10K or 5K, whatever you have.
1: And I suppose an active example of that is how many people have you seen that get pay rises and Mm. their family earns more and more and yet they still are as poor as ever. Exactly. They still have exactly. the same amount of free cash. They're still at the end of a month. Same struggle. Yeah, exactly. They're there saying, oh, actually, you know what? It's the last couple of days of the month. I can't come out tonight, um, but I can come out after payday. Everyone's looking forward to payday. And that's people that have maybe had a series of pay increases, doubled, even tripled their money over yep. the years, and are still waiting for payday. So that's a really good example that um, either we can resonate with ourselves Mm. or we can think of others around us. And that is ultimately the, the repelling of money. So it doesn't really make a difference where the income comes from or how much it is. Our attitudes, our behaviors, our views on it can just make it that we end up being poor anyway.
0: Well, it's the mindset and the habits, right? Where, where is the source of those? So I want you to get I want you to kind of get this clear in your mind. So I've covered it doesn't matter what income you're on right now. I'm going to be honest, my first wage leaving university was 8000 pounds a year, right? Not a month. 8,000 pounds a year and then moved up to 12,000 pounds now okay this was 2005 okay I've only been 15 16 years in the working business but if I can start from very I believe that's quite humble beginnings in terms of wages a lot of people might be similar right now trust me there's big leaps that you can make in terms of what you're doing with your money but more so what choices you get with using your money and the first thing that really changed what key money habit changed for us was that we moved from believing that money was something we got for our time to being open to ways to create money that didn't involve our time okay so and you can listen to many podcast episodes where we talk about investing how we do this for our kids we create businesses but that's the fundamental switch we saw money differently so i want to ask you very honestly as you're listening to this do you feel you're in an abundant place with money? You feel that you could create money whenever you want it? You feel that you can set goals for things you want to create in your life, maybe that next home or that business you want to set? Could you see yourself getting the resources because it's not only about money, could you see yourself getting the resources to make that happen? Equally, if you can't, do you feel familiar then with lack and struggle around money, regardless of how much you earn? Does it, as Matt touched upon, does it always feel like there's not enough? There's, there's too much month at the end of the money. Okay, you get halfway through and you've gone through your paycheck, even though you just got a double bonus last month. Or is it always that you're thinking to yourself, money, money keeps going on emergencies. There's always the cars breaking down or the washing machine. There's always something that I've got to prepare for that I wasn't expecting. And I believe that this, this kind of place of lack is where a lot of people sit for comfort and it's an easy place to sit. It's probably what we see most around us if we you know, go to work or in our close family or friends. And it, it tends to be once you then move to a group of people or listen to things or read books that where people have made this leap to actually the abundant mindset, that's when you equally see the difference in your life. I think
1: that actually a large part of that step is looking at rather than your time or the kind of typical things in exchange for money is actually thinking about your value. The moment that you start to think about value that you can bring or that you do bring is the moment that then you also value what you have. So by having value in yourself and your ability to educate people, to uplift people, whatever it happens to be that you feel like you're, you're good at and that you have a value in, what happens is you also then value what you receive in return. And I think that ultimately valuing money and yourself is one of the key balances to actually changing your mindset around things and making things work. You know, if you're someone that, let's say you work for yourself and you create products. If you charge 10 pound per item and you send it out to people as they buy it, well, then you value however long it takes you to make that product for 10 pounds. But what if you actually felt like, you could take a little bit more time and make a product that is worth twice as much because the quality that you're bringing, the skill set that you're bringing, the uniqueness that you bring, everything that you're offering is worth more because it just is, because you've decided it is, because you value the outputs that you have more so. What will happen is you'll find that yes, you'll lose some customers because some people don't wanna pay more, but what will happen is you'll also bring in a bunch of other customers because suddenly they see your product as more valuable. It's actually value is one of those weird things. <laughs> if you walk yep. into a shop and you see three items which are largely the same, a lot of people will buy the cheap one because they want to buy a cheap one. They're on a budget, but majority of people actually will ignore the cheap one and buy the middle one. Right. Some people will buy the most expensive one, but a lot of people go for the middle one, not because of necessarily it's any better. In fact, overall, it could be a worse product because we put a value on something based on the value it puts on itself.
0: Right, right.
1: So if you put a price tag on your product, then people think it's going to be better than something that's priced lower. Their expectation of what value they get from it is better. And and that's the thing about undervaluing ourselves. Mm. I think that we can be so busy saying we want to tick a box, we want to stay in the right place or whatever else that actually we forget that our value is probably worth a lot more and by putting it in a good place it means that people also see us in a different light
0: that's that's spot on absolutely absolutely and i think it's moving as i was trying to say like the the place that most people are comfortable with is we all want to move to certainty okay so i would say what are the certain things about money that you feel right now do you feel that money is hard to get? I can never hold on to money. There's always an emergency. This is all I'm worth. Particularly if you're on a fixed income. I know some jobs like I was commission based, which means that you, you're aware that your efforts are rewarded differently. But is there that mindset that this is all I'm worth based on the, that middle, you know, what the world says I'm worth. Mm-hmm. That cycle of being there. You can definitely feel the difference in yourself when you think of those thoughts. They can feel quite heavy. They can feel quite like there's a a glass ceiling above you. It feels like, you know, you want to break free. They don't feel natural thoughts. And that's because probably you know that the opposite is true that you know there's a world of endless possibilities out there. There's a world of endless ways to create money, to hold on to money. And a lot of people will resonate with that lack mindset because they can be certain of it. Here's the thing, if you assume the worst, well, 99 times out of 100, you know, if there's 100 different ways to do things, you're probably likely you can pick something that's not quite gone to plan but you'd be ignoring all the stuff that did go to plan or was even better so if you want it's like when you you know you read the newspaper or you watch things on the news they'll take an event usually and they will just slightly change it so you've got a different perspective which is maybe more dramatic or more negative than actually what the story was.
1: Yeah, I think that ultimately we see what suits our narrative. Yes, But if we're able to take a step outside of it, so saying to ourselves, like, this is what I have, this is my lot or whatever else, this is my background and it therefore creates my habits and behaviours. Well, you can definitely find a lot of evidence that that is common. But also if you take a step outside of that, You can see countless people that have had worse, come from worse, and done better. Mm. You can see people that are really, really heavy in weight that have ended up with bodies that are to be envied. Now, granted, they might need a little bit of surgery for skin tucking and stuff like that, but ultimately, they end up in a great place. You can end up, you can start with people that maybe have started off in really, really tough backgrounds. And they end up running businesses that are inspirational, that bring in a lot of value and also bring in a lot of money. The fact is that for every situation where you can look at how bad yours is and how much it sucks and how that's just the way it is, you can find success stories from way tougher. And all the same, you know, you don't need to go looking really difficult to, to see that actually anything is possible. It's just about how selective we are and what we choose to see. We
0: want certainty. So here's the thing about all human beings. We will usually tolerate the pain that we're in right now because we can depend upon it and we believe we can predict it. What usually happens in the other extreme, if you want to get out of that situation, not be in pain anymore, it requires you then to believe, to be uncertain about trying something different and even risking feeling pain in a different way. So us as humans, we will normally stay in the pain level that is where we're at right now because it's almost better than knowing any pain of trying and failing. Okay, Even though the chances of failing might be incredibly slim, we'd rather stay with what's certain and predictable. And I think that's a lot of people really have to get to quite extremes with their money before they decide enough's enough. And my hope is with these couple of ways that I'm going to give you, how you can switch to the other side a bit more is because... I don't want you to feel like the only way to make a change in your life is getting so much pain with one mindset or one strategy that's maybe not working for you right now. I want you to take the courage to go, I'm going to be okay with a little bit of uncertainty. Um, and I was reading, I was reading a blog the other day. It's actually a fire movement blog. So that's Financial Independence Retire Early. And this guy had achieved financial independence. So he was 47. He has a, an Instagram page as well. And he said that he wished somebody taught him to work on his life his relationships his health not just the money during his fire journey when he was part of the fire community before he started the blog it was all about you know hit that money goal save invest and he said nobody taught me that I had to be building a quality of life because when he got to fire age and he got that fire number you know sadly his family wasn't as supportive anymore also his health wasn't that great because he'd scrimped and did everything you know from a a position of must get there from lack i must tick this box with money to then before you know before you actually achieved anything and and that's the key thing we're talking about being a money magnet the point is that you switch now with how you view about money so that then you can focus on all all the other important stuff in your life as well so that you don't just focus on money thinking that's going to solve all your life problems it only solves money problems
1: i think that if you're able to focus on anything in life that could do with attention before they require that attention it means that you can make a more gradual and more mindful journey in that direction which means that you can attack it without sacrificing other areas and you can deal with it on a sustainable way what you don't want is a situation where you're a smoker and you stop smoking because someone told you that you've got lung cancer You don't want to have health problems kicking in that make you start to lose weight. You don't want to have to apply for bankruptcy or lose your house before you then start to deal with your money issues. Because what happens is you often, because of it's such a drastic situation, like a smoker will go from smoking however much they smoke, get the cancer diagnosis, and obviously some people will keep smoking, but other people will stop immediately. And you have the motivation because ultimately it's that short sharp shock but it's tough to go just from smoking a bunch to nothing at all whereas if you'd identified the requirement to change sooner with maybe a less less of a pain point then you could do the transition in a more comfortable way a more sustainable way and at which point you can make your whole process easier and then rather than you being someone that jumps from everything to nothing and potentially deal with the attitude issues and the emotions and everything else that might make you snappy around everyone that you know and therefore you can potentially mess up some friendships and relationships you have instead you can do things in a more sustainable way and at which point then you can do it as a much nicer person and I think ultimately that's the key if you can do things in a way where you're managing it before it gets critical then you can be much more mindful And you don't need to be as siloed and isolated with that one subject area, which means that you can make sure that other areas that need attention can continue to get attention.
0: So how are you going to be as unafraid of becoming a money magnet, of attracting money as you can? If you were somebody who believed in the abundance of money, that you could create money, that money comes to you from your talents, your services, you don't need to exchange time for money what would you be believing about the world today? Would it be that you can always sell, you know, something that you're really gifted at? You'd find the right group of people who want to value your work you would be able to engage with the right people to start that business. What would you think in order to make that part of your reality? How would that money magnet person think and act? And really the more unafraid that you are right now and the more actions and the more beliefs you have that are more in tune with that money magnet rather than the money repeller, you will quickly move towards it. So I've got seven ways here to end the podcast, seven ways of how you can actively take actions like a money magnet this week. You're going to love them. I know you are. I do are love ready? a list. Go right, <laughs> we let's do love an action short, list. list. It has been actionless action list for me. Number one, clear out anything that does not align with the rich version of your life. Now, rich does not mean when I have a million pounds, okay? That is not the definition of rich here. Rich means you have time freedom, you have more than enough money to give, to share, to spend. And that, that could literally be a thousand pounds and you feel that way. Okay. So what does the what does not feel right with that level of abundance that you want to create ahead? What doesn't align with feeling like a money magnet? Now it could be that you maybe stop buying the junk food maybe the version of you that you see that has more in more than enough money to buy and invest and spend maybe they're not you know going to mcdonald's every week you're actually saying no i'm going to go to a nice restaurant instead so i'm going to try and switch maybe not every week but could i go once a month to a restaurant that feels really great could it be that the rich life for you is exercising every day when well, when, I'm, when I've got this amount of money, I'm going to do yoga every morning, I'll go for a walk, okay? So clear out anything in your schedule, in your diary, in your purse or your wallet, even on a physical level around you, get rid of anything that doesn't feel like it would align and feel right in your rich life.
1: Yeah, I think that ultimately when we think about a rich life for ourselves, we often have a vision of what? what we look like or someone in that situation and therefore it becomes easier to have those behaviors in place when you embody the bigger picture of everything so if you see someone with the rich life that you would like and you picture yourself in that rich life if they do have a particular body type or they're wearing a particular type of clothes you know maybe they're not wearing a particular type of bottoms you know, maybe if if you're a guy listening to this, maybe the person that is part of this rich life doesn't wear jogging bottoms when they're yep, out and about. Yep. Well, then, stop it.
0: Maybe it's time to clear out your closet, right? I mean, physically, you're stimulated by things, people you hang around with. You know, don't get rid of the the family or the cats or dogs or anything. But you uh, go, and we've got actually an episode where we talked about doing a prosperity audit. I think it was a couple Mm -hmm. of episodes ago. Go through your life and see what doesn't feel like it would fit in and replace it or be open to replacing it with a thing that does. The next thing from that is, I want you to design a money funnel, are you ready so a money money funnel is when if you had unlimited money how would you then filter that money so it's kind of linked onto the money stacks method my money stacks method which is a budgeting tool which says based on like percentages or automatic allocations right if x amount of money comes in i'm giving 10 i'm giving 20 i'm saving 10 i'm doing this i'm doing this set up and decide what would rich version of you what would a money magnet version of you allocate their money towards
1: And I think actually, this touches upon when you look at people that win the lottery, a majority of them, unless they've won really crazy amounts, if you're talking about a couple of million pounds, most of them have got not very much to, or a lot have got not very much to show for it after a couple of years down the line. They're not any happier, and the money's disappeared and it's not been chosen wisely. And that's because if you don't know what to do with a hundred pounds, then you're not gonna be any better with a thousand or 10,000 or a million. What's gonna happen is whatever habits you have in place for money at a hundred pound level are likely just to amplify out when you have more. So you'll, you'll continue to make poor or impulse choices with a million if you do it with a hundred.
0: Absolutely, third thing. Spend random amounts of money every week for fun in your mind. So Matt and I do this quite often. I actually do it with like your mum and my mum and dad. It's super fun. Give yourself 5,000 pounds, 10,000 pounds, write it on a bit of paper. It's only pretend that it doesn't exist, but you're just gonna imagine how would you spend large sums of money if it appeared today?
1: We don't necessarily mean spending it's where, where would you allocate it? Where would you it, send where it? Would it yes, go? Exactly. Because for some people spending, it could be on getting a vehicle. Some people, it can be investing it into whatever it is they want to invest in or putting it into a mortgage. So spending doesn't mean write a shopping list. It just means how are you going to distribute that money? For some people, it could be, well, you know what? I'm in a really good place. I'd give it all to charity. And that's great. It, like there's no measurement of what's good or what's bad or indifferent. But this starts you with the practice for that money funnel, actually, of saying, well, regardless of the amount, whether it was 5, 10, 20,000 pounds, whatever it happens to be, I already know the kind of routes it would go. And therefore, if you up the money and you would kept doubling it, it wouldn't take me very long to work out where it's headed.
0: Absolutely. And actually, on the Mama of our first channel, so my YouTube channel, recently I put out a video about what would we do with £10,000 if it came our way. So you might want to check that out after this podcast. So we come on to number four. Matt's touched upon this many times Start with being grateful for what you have as well. So if you're a money magnet, you're not constantly looking forward to the future. When's that money coming in? You see what you have, you appreciate what you have and you're good with increase of it. Okay, so it's not envying someone else. It's just being aware I'm good and I'm also open to more money coming along. And the fifth thing off off of the back of that is, write down your goals, but equally, and I like this phrase, I've called it money leaks and money rockets. What are the things in that future self, or maybe even the right now self that's a money magnet starting today, what are your money leaks? What are the things that might be taking money away from you that you might need to you know, improve? And what are your money rockets? So what are the areas that you would have unlimited spending on that would then exponentially grow your happiness, your contribution, your gifts to others in life? So for example, in our life, one of our money, money rockets, it tends to be that I don't really have a set budget too much when it comes to quality of food. We tend to shop around quality. Quite dramatically during a month we go to Aldi quite a lot I'll also pop into M&S for some key bits and um, we I don't we don't really go to Waitrose at all but might go to a particular sushi place because I like that for lunch but we're very strategic about does it taste good does it is it also good quality and rather than say we must only spend 50 pounds or 60 pounds we usually drive for what's the best experience, the best value for our money.
1: And I think that's the key. Ultimately, it's about being mindful about where your money rockets are, yep. which things make you feel uplifted. So if you're buying toilet roll, for the most part, you can pick it up in Aldi or M&S and largely it's going to be how the same. How
0: expensive as our toilet roll? I don't ever. I've al- got no, it's no idea Aldi. how much it is. Aldi's very good, people. Aldi's well, very you good.
1: you can buy the kind of school tissue paper you could trace <laughs> right. through it stuff.
0: no you need a level up but you can, feel but you
1: can buy their quilted stuff and if you go to m and I don't even know whether M&S have their own brand but yes you- they do
0: yes they do it tastes it, it te- <laughs> it tastes why am I tasting toilet paper I'm not it feels just the same as all exactly, you're
1: paying significantly more so for yeah. some areas you're not leveling up and you're not really gaining much difference and therefore that's where we're mindful about things mm-hmm. I unless I was in m and and desperate for some toilet roll exactly, I would yeah. not be buying M&S toilet roll it just makes no sense to spend twice as much on something that's giving me the same yeah. the same as things like milk it's the same wherever you go, why am I paying more? Yep. But there are other things that some stores do better than others. Yes, absolutely. You might like a particular I type like a particular
0: of... bagel and kimchi. How middle class am I having kimchi? Now? But you like particular bagel, yeah, but the some people
1: like the local bakery might have the best bread. Yeah. And because it's the freshest and the tastiest then that's where you want to go and it doesn't really make a difference whether that's more or less expensive than someone else it's actually purely about the experience and the quality that it gives you and i suppose that's the key when you're looking at things in the world it's those rockets are about which things mindfully yes up level you and also making sure that you put the focus on those but don't go willy-nilly expanding it across the board like focus on as narrow as you can in order to get the level up that you're looking for without going crazy and then ultimately becoming a money leak instead. Because it's very easy. Like if you decide that um, M&S shopping was a rocket and an uplift well, it can very simply become a money leak if you do every single piece of your shopping there. And that's where the balance lies.
0: Absolutely, and I was just thinking another money rocket for us is when I'm thinking about clothing for the boys and clothing for all of us, but more so with them, I'll tend to only buy them one pair of trainers or two at the most. Or like one jacket. But what I'll do is I'll make sure I buy something that I think is going to last. That they're not going to get holes in. That's going to be durable. And that's where you might... I don't have a fixed budget. I just know that I'm wanting it to feel a certain way on them. And so for me that's an area that I feel we get a lot of benefit. Because I'm not buying... 10 or 20 jackets in that same year or same six months i'm only picking one quality that's there so that then leads on to number six and how to become a money magnet this goes without question for us i'm going to ask you to really think about what level of generosity or giving would you have at that stage okay so if you're a money magnet what style of giving or generosity would you have with your time and your money? Now I'm going to challenge you here, if you believe the version of you that you're coming towards being a money magnet gives a certain way, why aren't you doing that now? Because it seems such an easy thing to be one action that you could do right away. Now for this for us personally, we have a percentage that we're comfortable with We also, we've made bigger donations than we ever have in either of our adult lives as a result. It's just a straight percentage, boom, that's the amount. We also now give gifts on top, usually wherever we feel inspired. So again, we don't look at what's coming, we just give based on what feels right. That's what we're equally working on and it's definitely an area that can trigger people i know but it's an area i know that the more that you put out in the world it tends to find ways to come back to you as well multiplied
1: and i suppose the thing when you're thinking about giving especially when we're talking about money is that often people will say oh, i don't really have enough to be able to give but ultimately you've gone up probably over the course of time in salary in household income and you've still not managed to find enough to give and it never there's never enough money and i guarantee that if you don't regularly give at the moment then if you won 10 million on the lottery you're not likely to give out 100 grand and 100 grand by the way out of 10 million is not very high percentage but yet you would struggle to give 100 grand out of 10 million to a charity because ultimately that's a big chunk that's a big chunk yep it's a big amount of money but you're not used to it so at which point then that's a problem so that's the key thing, but like people often say, oh yeah, when well, I've got enough, you know, I can start to think about that. Well, no, because when you've got enough, you'll probably have more than you have now, and therefore a percentage is higher than it is now, and if you're not comfortable with giving 10 pounds now, you're not gonna be able to give 100 pounds later. Um, the, the other key to, I think, the giving piece is the mindset. By giving, you change your mindset to, I have enough for me, I have plenty for me, and I can afford to give to others. I can afford to put someone else first ahead of well, not even ahead of me. I have enough. So it's not ahead of me. Exactly. It's as well as yep. so yep. we are good. We can get what we need, and I can help someone else as well. Yep. And that I think is massive in the mindset of feeling like you're abundant in money and that your relationship changes is understanding that. The feeling of having enough makes such a huge difference to how money flows mm. and just the I guess the outward evidence of you feeling like you have enough is being able to give on a regular basis and not saying you know what I'll wait until the end of the month and I'll give what I've got left because all too many of us will get to the end of the month and then we'll decide to have that extra takeaway or buy that pair of shoes or trousers or whatever because we've got a little bit of money left, we'll decide to utilize it. Yes. And therefore, when you get to the very, very end, you don't really have anything left. What you should be doing, if, if you're giving from a place of feeling like you have enough and you have a surplus and you're willing to share some of that, it's actually doing it on day one. Mm, mm. Because then what happens is your own spending habits would change if you gave away five percent of your income on day one when it came in what would happen is you would manage the month with five percent less and you'd get to the end of the month just as comfortably as you currently do now but having helped a cause or an individual that you feel like requires that help and that you can assist so it's, it's a massive mindset changer
0: And that leads on to the final tip to become a money magnet. And this is really the key thing of our discussion at the start, what are your wrong beliefs about money? It's not wrong as in bad, like you've been you know, silly or stupid to have thought those things. They're just not serving you. What are your non-serving beliefs around money that you know you will need to change? You can't be in a place of abundance. You can't be in that place of like overflow if deep down you believe there's lack, you believe there's not enough. They, they can't exist together or at least you can't exist in the two fullest extremes of them. And what are the the ideas and beliefs that inspire you, that make you full of passion? Because whatever you believe, whatever your attitude towards money is, and remember, rich people can be in lack mindsets as well. They can feel that they're going to lose it all, they're going to become bankrupt, they're going to somehow get cheated out of the money. They can still be there too. But what will happen is the money will then amplify those beliefs. So, whether if you believe that you're going to lose all your money or there's not enough at the end of every paycheck, with a million pounds a month you're still going to feel that way so what are some of the beliefs that you've decided are not serving you anymore what are you going to change in the month ahead and I think I want to just close upon this you know there's old wisdom that says you know we look outside at nature and if you look at the world going around you nature and birds and bees and the flowers and the grass everything seems to continue to grow in seasons you know there's spring there's summer there's winter and everything looks like it's dying off but actually it's just charging up again to then regrow and flourish there's going to be times of our life where we might think that the money is going away but actually then it's going to burst through and there's always abundance nature wants to conspire in your favor it wants to keep giving you more and more and everything that you need you just have to see and look out the window is there an abundance or are you seeing that there's just a blank wall and there's nothing there so i really hope in today's episode that we've kind of emphasized if you do you want to be a money magnet I would hope every single one of you do become a money magnet and get that money that you want in your life it then allows you to create things but also it's not just about the money it's about how much resources are you looking are you willing to allow yourself to have in your life as well because it tends to be that we're it's not that you've got to take risks it's just about how much of a risk in believing in what is possible, are you willing to take over the certainty of what maybe you're holding on to right now? So that being said, this has been a great episode. I've really enjoyed it. And um, if you have enjoyed it, please do give us a five star review and a little comment. We like to read those once in a while. And um, we can hit subscribe, and you can listen to all our other podcast updates.
1: And also, why not share it with some other people? Because yes, more people that. might be interested.
0: Well, listen, I'm being honest. The more people that have wealth that changes their life, that then has a ripple effect in just improving communities. Like, can you imagine, everyone who's listening to this, if you were able to do things differently and become that money magnet, I know for a fact you would be in your communities changing lives. You would change the way that things had been done before and bettering yourself and your communities. So take this podcast as your starter for 10. It's time. You need to figure out what's holding you back and make the switch. And that being said, thank you so much for listening.
1: We'll speak to you very soon.